Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello, welcome to this Monday edition of The Inner Life here on the Feast of St. James the Apostle. I'm Josh Raymond, and, you know, during this hour, this program of The Inner Life, we talk a lot about prayer. And that's understandable since the daily focus of this hour is to grow in our relationship with God. And one of the primary ways that we develop that relationship is through prayer. But prayer can also help us in our relationships with other people especially when that person is someone that might make our life a bit difficult. If someone hurts you or wrongs you in some way, do you pray for them? Or do you find yourself having a hard time letting go of that hurt? You know, you focus more on thoughts of getting even rather than turning to pray for them. I think that's pretty natural for most of us. I'd like to share a story that I read from a Jesuit priest. Uh, His name is Father Robert Spitzer. Um, he's actually been on Relevant Radio a number of times. I, I, I think I've heard him most often on Drew Mariani's show in the afternoons here. But Father Spitzer, he said he uh, has a go-to prayer when he finds himself in that kind of non-forgiving mood after having been wronged by someone. And the, the prayer is two simple lines. It says, Lord, you are the just judge. You take care of it. And Father Spitzer, he shared an example of how he turned to that prayer at a time where he was struggling to forgive someone. And he says, these are his words, he says, I had written a philosophical paper and a colleague criticized it behind my back. When I had read the, uh, publicly read the paper, I had given ample opportunity for questions and had even submitted the paper to selected individuals before reading it. This particular colleague said nothing. But then a few days later... He was not only critical of the paper, but also critical of me. When someone called this to my attention, I was quite angry. Even after I had redressed the criticism in writing, I felt no relief. In fact, my anger began to grow. Every time I opened my breviary, this person's face just suddenly appeared. Instead of taking the hint from God, I chose to stew in my anger. Finally, it occurred to me that this was only hurting me, and furthermore, it might cause me to say something I would regret, so I had to face it. I first tried to face it on my own. I said, okay, now I'm going to stop thinking about this, and I'm going to forgive this person from the heart. However, every time I tried that, that solo method, I found about half a second of peace followed by an intense burst of anger. I was quite helpless. Finally, it occurred to me, why not let God help? So I prayed, okay, Lord, you're the just judge. You can see into the hearts of every human being. You understand our history and our failings. 
you can effect reconciliation where mere mortals cannot. Okay, you take care of him. In fact, you take care of the whole situation, please. An unbelievable peace began to come over me. By putting this person and the past situation into God's hands, I allowed the Holy Spirit to work his reconciling love through his infinite providence in my heart. In letting go and placing everything into God's hands, I was eventually able to forget. And in that forgetting, I was able not only to find peace, but also to even smile at and acknowledge the person who had offended me. Again, those are the words of Father Robert Spitzer. How about you? Have you ever found yourself in a similar kind of situation? where you're angry or upset with someone who did something unkind to you, and even when you try and move on from it, at least on your own, you still find yourself dwelling on it, unable to let go. At that time, you might find it nearly impossible to pray for that person. And that honestly is a hard thing to do, to pray for someone when they're purposefully doing something that's, that's meant to hurt you. Of course, the most perfect example of this We hear that as one of the last things that Jesus says while hanging on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We then hear these words somewhat echoed by the very first martyr of the church, St. Stephen, who, when he was being killed, he was being stoned to death, he prayed, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Could you pray that kind of prayer for someone who wants you to die? I mean, those are, those are amazing words. Well, today we want to spend this hour talking about how we can follow Jesus' teaching to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. And our spiritual director here for this hour of the inner life, Father James Kabicki, is back with us once again. You hear his daily prayer reflections here on Relevant Radio. Uh, Father Kabicki is a Jesuit priest and the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. Father, welcome back to the inner life. Glad to have you here today. Thank you, Josh. I'm glad to be with you today on this Feast of St. James, my name, my name day. Yeah. But um, also because of the topic we have, I think this is one of the most important topics that uh, we can address and also one of the more difficult ones as well. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we have those words, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Those come from the Sermon on the Mount, and it's where Jesus, he, he talks about uh, that other phrase kind of leading into this, we should turn the other cheek. Uh, in, in those words from Jesus, where he talks about that, turn the other cheek, you know, uh, if anybody forces you to go one mile, go two miles with him. Um, you know, don't refuse from somebody who wants to borrow from you. And then he gets to that point where he says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Anything that initially, I guess, grabs your attention right away? Well, a couple things. One is that uh, when Jesus gives us those directions, um, we have to be very careful because oftentimes people have used these uh, directions of Jesus about turn the other cheek, and if somebody forces you to go a mile, go two miles, etc., etc., 
there's a tendency to uh, use that as a justification for violence. Um, in other words, um, let's say somebody's in an abusive situation, an abusive marriage or relationship, and um, the abuser will, will use that language to say, well, Jesus said do this, or, you know, and, and will use it as an excuse to, uh, to hurt the other person. And so we have to be very careful because we have to set up good boundaries because while Jesus says these things, we also have to be aware that we have a responsibility to ourselves. And so, um, in a sense, we, you know, we, we talk about the moral duty of self-defense, that um, we have to uh, take responsibility for ourselves and take care of ourselves. And we have to sometimes set up boundaries that don't allow the other person to continue to sin against us. So um, I, I think we have to be real careful when, when we uh, read that particular part of the Sermon on the Mount. But when Jesus says, love your enemies, I think this is the key, that we often think of love only in terms of a feeling. And so when Jesus says that, we tend to think, oh, okay, I have to work up a feeling of affection for this person. I have to love them. And love is an act of the will not a feeling. And so Jesus did not say, like your enemies or like those people who have hurt you, but he said you have to love them. In other words, want their ultimate good, want their conversion so that uh, they won't lose out on uh, coming to the kingdom of heaven that God wants us all to be part of one day. Well, and, you know, those words that come before you sh- uh, uh, that that you should pray for love your enemies pray for those who persecute you when jesus is saying turn the other cheek you know a- a- as you said this isn't a matter of where it- we take and twist words of scripture to suit our purposes so that we can get away or somebody else can get away with evil um, you know, I mean, that's that's what essentially Satan does when tempting Jesus in the wilderness. So we, we always want to make sure we're not twisting or not allowing somebody else to twist words of Scripture. But that turn the other cheek that Jesus uses leading into this, you know, and, and there's a few different examples he gives. Um, if we do everything that Jesus is saying there, turn the other cheek, um, you know, give over, if somebody wants to take your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. If someone impresses you into service for one mile, go two miles with him. Uh, If we do this, there is that kind of possibility of allowing somebody to take advantage of us. But I, I also then come back and say, is that maybe kind of the point that when we don't necessarily, again, this is not saying that we put up with abuse, but simply if somebody is is going to kind of take advantage of us in a single moment and it's not that abusive relationship if we don't try and protect ourselves if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable does that maybe open a door to possibly change the heart of somebody who initially has it in for us you know for whatever reason they're going after us but when we show it's okay we can be vulnerable it then can kind of mellow them in the way that they're directing their anger or their whatever it is that they're directing towards us. Does that make sense, Father? 
Yes, and you know that was certainly the motivation behind uh, what um, Mahatma Gandhi and others like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and and others who were very committed to uh, nonviolence in 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 addressing. Uh, injustices. So, you know, rather than fighting fire with fire and fighting violence with more violence, um, they allowed themselves to um, be, um, as it were, struck down. And I know in the movie Gandhi, there's a, a scene where um, Gandhi and others are marching and, and they're being struck down by the uh, British soldiers. And in the end, it, it leads the British soldiers to a kind of conversion that they, they realize, wait a minute, these are innocent people. We, I can't keep knocking them down. Um, and so, you know, the, the point is to, um, to hopefully bring about a conversion in the person who's the unjust aggressor. Um, but I also think in all of this, it, it has to come down to, to our own attitude, you know, that our, our tendency when we're treated unjustly or uh, we encounter um, evil, our tendency is, is, again, to fight fire with fire, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And I think Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is calling us to have a, a very different attitude toward the person who is the unjust aggressor or who is hurting us. And that is to hope, hope and pray for their conversion and to do whatever we can to um, bring about that conversion of heart uh, on, on the, the part of the other person. I mentioned in the beginning uh, of the hour here that sometimes when we're in the moment, we can find it very difficult, almost impossible, to forgive somebody and then to start praying for them. Uh, how do we start? What are those first steps, you know, that we can enter into that attitude? As you're saying, it's more about us than it is the other person. How do we enter into that attitude where we hope, where we want the best for that person, um, where we really are praying for them, how can we get to a point where we're not so caught up in anger or frustration that we can allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, that we can eventually get to that place where we can pray, where we can forgive that person? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, the the story that you shared with us from uh, Father Spitzer um, is is a marvelous example of that. That you know, he he got to a point where he said, "Okay, I'm going to forgive this person," and and he he didn't, as it were, bring it to the Lord. And so I think it begins first of all with recognizing the fact I'm angry, and I have reason to be angry. And anger itself is not a sin. You know, Jesus got angry in the temple. All four Gospels have Jesus getting angry in the temple. There's a number of times in the Gospel where Jesus gets angry. And so anger is the appropriate response to an injustice or to a wrong to someone hurting us. But what we do with the anger is is key. And so I think when we experience the anger, when we feel angry, the first step is to acknowledge it and to bring it to the Lord and to say, Lord, I am really angry at this person. And, and to begin talking to Jesus about that in our own words and, and to get to the point of, of where we might say, um, Lord, I'm really angry at this person, but um, I don't want them to rot in hell. 
you know, because that would be the, the ultimate anger would be to say, I hope that person is never forgiven by God. I hope they rot in hell. Um, that would be a, a very terrible anger. What we, we need to do then is to, to realize, okay, I, I never want to go that far that I want that person uh, to be alienated from God forever. And so with that kind of opening of the door, um, we can begin to pray, Lord, bring this person to a conversion of heart. Um, they've hurt me badly. I'm I'm very angry at them, but I, I don't want anything bad to happen to that person. I want you to help them see the wrong they've done and bring them to a conversion so that they do not alienate themselves from you forever. Yeah, well, and as you're talking about praying for that person, bring them to a uh, a conversion of heart uh, that probably would be a really good prayer for ourselves too at that moment you know that i i can't forgive them i need your help can you please convert my heart so that i can get to that point as well yeah that's a really good point josh because uh, we're in this together and you know the our father makes it very clear the prayer of the our father we had luke's shorter version on Sunday, but the longer version in Matthew's Gospel basically says, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us as much as we are willing to forgive others. And so we, we in a sense, almost put a limit on God's mercy uh, if we are unmerciful ourselves. And so to, to ask the Lord for the grace of the Holy Spirit, because um, forgiving is not something that comes natural to us. It, humanly speaking, very difficult. It's a supernatural gift to be merciful. And so to ask for that gift and to ask um, the Lord to give us the grace to be able to um, uh, let go of the negative feelings and to, um, uh, to forgive that person the way God wants to forgive that person as well. Talking today with Father James Kubicki here on The Inner Life, and we're talking about how we can pray for our enemies, love our enemies, pray for those who persecute us, the words of Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount. Uh, when have you prayed for that person that's difficult to be around? And did it help ease the tension, whatever was going on between the two of you? Did, did you see that conversion of heart in that person? And how did it help you? praying for that person, that, you know, quote-unquote enemy that you're dealing with, somebody who's persecuting you? Did it help you to have that conversion of heart? Did it help you to grow in humility, maybe to be more patient with that person and maybe with lots of other people that are in your life? Uh, how did you approach praying for someone when they've hurt you? And we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question uh, about praying for your enemies and you're welcome to call in and speak with Father James Kabicki, 888-914-9149 is our phone number here into the studio, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, relevantradio.com. Uh, Father, right after the break here, let's pick back up on the uh, what you were saying about forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, about how what we want in our lives is something we have to be willing to offer as well. Again, you're listening to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. 
Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and I'm joined today by Father James Kubicki, a regular voice here on Relevant Radio. You can hear his prayer reflections daily on our network, and Father Kubicki is a Jesuit priest. He's the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. Today, talking about how we can love our enemies, how we can pray for those who persecute us uh, in the, the words that Jesus teaches in his Sermon on the Mount. And when have you done that in your own life? And how did that maybe help a situation between you and another person where it didn't seem like there was any hope of reconciliation? Maybe it didn't reconcile things, but you've been able to experience peace in your own life, in your own heart. How has it helped you just praying for that person that maybe seems like they're out to get you? Um, and maybe you have a question about trying to pray for somebody who has done wrong to you. Uh, you're welcome to call into the studio, 888-914-9149 is our phone number here, 888-914-9149. Uh, Father, right before the break, you had talked about in the Our Father where Jesus, he he teaches you know us the prayer and we hear those words for uh forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us uh there's a couple points in the new testament where we read um both from saint paul and saint peter about blessing those who do wrong to us about blessing those who persecute us paul in his letter to the romans he says bless those who persecute you bless them and do not curse them and then in his first letter Peter, he writes, do not return evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you have been called that you may obtain a blessing. And the way that Peter phrases that, bless those who do evil to you, that you may obtain a blessing, it sounds very much like that explanation that Jesus gives right after the, the Our Father. You know, if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Am I reading that correctly, right. that if we bless those who do us wrong, we will in turn receive some sort of blessing from God? I, I think so, uh, Josh, and, you know, it, it has to do with uh, basically our baptismal identity. Um, you know, the, the Our Father, Matthew's version, uh, follows right after the passages that we've been looking at where Jesus says, love your enemies. So in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, we get the Our Father. And right before that, in chapter 5, Jesus says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In other words, bless them, pray for them that God will bless them, so that, quote, you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. And then we learn to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. And so a sign of our identity as children of, of God, children of the Father, as Jesus was the Son of the Father, a sign of that is if we act as Jesus acted. And that means to, uh, as he prayed on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So we're called to be true children of the Father and, and loving in the same way. Um, 
And and I I think you know again p- part of that is is we're praying ultimately for their conversion. You know when when we forgive in this way, we're not saying what they did was okay. And we're not, as it were, letting them off the hook. But part of the blessing, when we bless our enemies, uh, part of the blessing that we receive is we let ourselves off the hook rather than, um, I love the word that Father Spitzer used, stewing in our anger. Because if we let our anger to uh, stew and become a resentment where we feel over and over again the hurt and it leads us to hatred and anger, um, it, it, it poisons us. And so uh, the blessing that we receive when we pray for uh, those who are our enemies is that we let ourselves off the hook of being um, poisoned by a resentment. Yeah, you know, as you're talking about that poison, I remember uh, this was a number of years ago where I had a friend of mine who asked about a politician said, oh, I hate this person, don't you hate them? And because... I was praying for them. I said, it's it's hard to hate somebody when you're praying for them. I might not like the things that they're doing, but if I really am praying for them, it's quite incompatible to be able to pray and then say, no, I, I hate this person. I don't want the best for them. So I think that's also part of what happens there, you know, that, that it gets rid of that poison, but it also makes it to where that poison, not only, you know, does it lessen it, it just makes it kind of impossible for it to penetrate our soul, penetrate our heart, when we say, okay, I'm going to pray for this person, even if I don't like what they're doing. That's that's right, Josh. And, you know, because what we're, we're talking about here is if, if we do harbor that kind of resentment or uh, hatred for another person, uh, we're putting our own souls at risk. Uh, because in the kingdom of heaven, in God's heavenly banquet, uh, there's no room for that kind of uh, hatred or resentment. Um, And so uh, we put ourselves at risk uh, if we hold on to that, uh, any kind of hatred toward another. Talking with Father James Kabicki, and again, our phone number here to call in, 888-914-9149. How have you in your life been able to pray for that person who's difficult to be around? Maybe they're just a mean person, or they're just rude to you, or they just seem to always want to do something to kind of irritate or annoy, or maybe they just really have it out for you, whatever it might be. How have you been able to pray for them, and how has that helped you in your life? How has that helped that situation? Um, maybe you have a question about praying for somebody who's done wrong to you. It It is a difficult thing for you to try and do, and you'd like some advice, some uh, encouragement in your spiritual journey, you're welcome to call in, 888-914-9149. Father, uh, Margaret is calling in from Chicago. Margaret, glad to have you here on The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Jim Kabicki. Hello, Father. Yes. Uh, I have a call. Hi, I have a question for you about the forgiveness. Um, two years ago, my son was murdered. He was executed, basically. Okay, he was 19 years old. He was at the wrong time, at the wrong place. That was his fault. And... The guy who did that, <laughs> he's in jail, but the trial didn't even start. And I can not hate him. I, 
I can do that. I, I try not to think of him at all. But you saying that I should pray for him to be in heaven, I don't know if I'm able to do it. I, at this point, I just don't wish him help. That's all I can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he took my child away from me. And he destroyed my family. <laughs> so how do I deal with this? Well, I, I think, you know, Margaret, thank you for calling. And, and that is uh, your your honesty and struggle, um, you know, is is one that I think a number of other people can also identify with. And first of all, you know, I, I think, you know, trying you're right try when when you you think about him you know you're saying it's it's best not even to to think about the murderer the man who murdered your son um but you know when he goes to trial and all those kinds of things uh, you know it it the memory is going to keep coming back and we don't forgive and forget you know we we only that only happens if we if we have Alzheimer's um, um, or amnesia uh, and painful things like this, we we don't forget. Um, so you know, two strategies are one, you know, when the negative thought about this murderer comes up, um, to say, okay, I'm going to think about something else, and um, you know, to avoid the near occasion of sin, you know, lest you um, feed any kind of animosity or hatred toward him um, to avoid that. Um, and the other thing would be, as we've said, to to offer a, a quick prayer for the murderer, that he might come to a conversion and see the wrong he has done and be sorry for it. Um, and, you know, you bring up a, a very good point that, you know, the thought of, of him being in heaven right now is is a very um, um, tr- difficult, troubling one to think, and and that's okay. That's part of your own grief and and dealing with the anger that you have uh, toward this man who took your son's life. Um, I remember when uh, Timothy McVeigh, who blew up the federal building in Oklahoma City and killed 168 people, uh, when he was executed, um, there were were some people who thought that was too easy, uh, that he should have suffered more, and um, who who conceivably would say, I hope he rots in hell. And we never want to get to the point where we say, I, per- I hope this person goes to hell. Um, and so, you know, if we look at it clearly, we, we might say, there's, in the end, there are only going to be two groups of people, those who are with God in heaven and those who um, are alienated from God forever in hell. And you have to choose which state you want him in. And that's where I think praying for the conversion that can lead him to see the wrong he has done and to be sorry for that. Um, Because um, ultimately you don't want anything to separate you from God, nor... Um, would you would you want your son? Um, I mean, your son murdered at the age of 19. Um, you know, the prayer for him to be in heaven. Um, you know, 
I'm sure part of of his uh, being in heaven or or um, the possibility of being with God forever also rests on on his um, being able to forgive the one who took his life. And and so, you know, I think in all of this very difficult situation, um, the important thing is is to ask God for uh, for the grace that you need at this time. And I will certainly, Margaret, uh, as as I go through the day today, um, pray that the Holy Spirit helps you uh, as you go through this this terrible time. Margaret, thanks again for calling in. And you know, Father Margaret here when you think about her situation. And I think this really is the case for so many of us. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of the hour that we could look at Jesus, you know, his death on the cross, his words, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, We have St. Stephen who ends up praying kind of a similar prayer, you know, Lord, don't hold this sin against them as they're killing him. And we have the example of so many different saints who, when going to their death, when they're facing death, they knew that that persecution, it's going to be over fairly quickly in one way or another. You know, they're, they're, this is it. And so they have that ability, that heroic virtue of being able to pray for those who are bringing about their death. But with a lot of us, we're the ones who then kind of find ourselves in this situation where we have to continue on knowing that somebody has hurt us or maybe they continue to hurt us. And we just, we can find ourselves kind of miserable day after day, week after week, month after month with no end in sight. You know, we're not going to be martyred. We're just having to live with this in a continuing way. Uh, Any advice or words of encouragement on how we can persevere when we're in that situation where there seems to be no end in sight of that continued hurt or sorrow or persecution, Father? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think just, you know, persistent prayer, uh, that was a part of our gospel message this last Sunday. Um, and whenever the, the negative thought, the, the grief, the, the anger comes up, um, again, you know, to recognize it, to own it, to, to talk to the Lord about it. Um, but I, I think also asking for that grace of the Holy Spirit to help us. You know, I, I think the prayer of Jesus on the cross can be a very helpful one for us, where Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And for us um, who are struggling to forgive, we might make the prayer like this. We might say, Father, I cannot forgive this person. I am struggling to let go of the anger that I have toward that person. Um, you forgive them. At least I want you to forgive them um, and help me to let go because I don't want to live with this um, continued pain. The the pain, the loss are, are there. The hurt is there. But um, if if we keep uh, holding on to it and, as it were, stewing in it, the way Father Spitzer said, um, again, it, it doesn't do us any good. And it it certainly doesn't hurt the person who hurt us or has done us wrong. Um, So for our own good, um, it's important to um, go through this process of of reconciliation, of forgiveness, of letting go. Uh, Praying for uh, those who persecute us, 
showing that love for our enemies. How have you been able to do that in your own life? Uh, talking today with Father James Kabicki here on The Inner Life, and maybe that has been a difficult thing for you. Maybe you're sh- not sure where to start. Um, or maybe you've been able to pray for that person who's been difficult to be around, somebody who has done something that really did hurt you, something that wronged you. And in praying for them, you saw a change in their life. You also saw a change in your life. How, how did that come about for you? 888-914-9149 is our number to call into the studio here, 888-914-9149. Uh, you can also email us, relevantradio.com and we'll be back with more of your phone calls and more with Father James Kabicki in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, joined today by Father James Kabicki, our spiritual director, as today we talk about how we can love our enemies, how we can pray for those who persecute us, the teaching that Jesus gives in the Sermon on the Mount, and how have you been able to do that in your own life, been able to pray for somebody who seems to have it out for you, and how did that help you in your own spiritual growth, in holiness, how did that help to maybe for you to see that conversion of heart in that other person? Um, maybe it was a person you just never thought you could get along with, and something changed because of spending that time in prayer, praying for that person. Um, or we'd love to hear your story eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Or maybe you have a question about praying for those who. Uh, do persecute you, praying for your enemy, 888-914-9149. Father, let's go back to the phones. Kathy's calling in from California. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi. Good morning. Well, sorry. Good afternoon. Um, The reason why I'm calling is how do I forgive my husband? He's going to soon to be my ex-husband. I took come from a long, uh, turbulent marriage of physical and emotional um, domestic violence. Um, there's been um, one incident where um, it got bad, and then um, some people had to come in, and he got in trouble with, because of domestic violence. He served, he did his, his due diligence with the courts and everything, and he went through counseling and everything, and as so did I. Um, but I also went, I went to the priest, and I said, you know, this is what's going on. And um, because I, I want to get a divorce to get to get away from this. And the priest was just like, no, you, you know, you need to give, you need to go back because we don't believe in divorce. And I went to another priest, same thing. So I prayed and stuff like that, and then once things were lifted, uh, I gave him a second chance. But within so many months, he was just right back, uh, just with, he's got this power behind him because he did all this counseling. Well, I did this, and I did this, and everything else, and I'm just like, (laughs) so... And then yeah. it happened again, and he beat. And it happened again, and he beat the brakes off. I mean, and 
I realized that the Lord gave me an exit to take it because I could end up in a casket. And I'm having a really hard time because uh, I have I have older children. Two of them took his side, and all of my children are everyone's afraid of him. But uh, Kathy, I have I'm going to jump in just because I, I want to try and uh, uh, let Father respond. We also have a lot of other calls here on hold. But but Father, you know with that issue there of domestic abuse with trying to reconcile, but, you know, it, it just sounds like time after time, Kathy's been met with, uh, you know, she she needs to be out of that situation for her own safety. But then now there's, add into that, the complexity of children who are, are kind of choosing sides. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, and Kathy, I'm, I'm sorry that you got that advice from, from the first two priests that you talked to. Um, because, you know, the problem is divorce and remarriage. Um, but, you know, you're talking about divorce as in your own safety and, and getting out of that relationship. And, and, that you, and you do have an obligation uh, to, um, you know, take care of yourself. Um, and, and so I, you're doing the right thing. And um, uh, the, the question that, that you have is, you know, in doing this, are you being unforgiving, I think? And I would say, no, you know, you're setting up a good boundary where uh, the behavior has not been changed. And even though uh, the counseling has gone through, it's now being used as, uh, well, I did everything that I was supposed to do, but the behavior has not changed. And you continue to be at risk um, emotionally and physically. And so doing, uh, you're on the right path. And it doesn't mean you're being unforgiving, um, but you're being prudent. And um, the the key is, you know, that uh, I don't hear any animosity in your voice or, um, you know, uh, but you're just in a very hurtful situation. And so the the key here is to um, just move on. And um, it's it's going to be continue to be a problem because of the split in the family. Um, and, and so during that time of moving on, you know, just trying to ask the Holy Spirit to help you not hold any kind of, uh, resentment or hatred, uh, toward, um, that man. So, um, that's, that's what I would suggest, Kathy. Again, uh, thanks for the call, Kathy. And our phone number here, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Jim Kabicki, 888-914-9149. Father, I was speaking with a co-worker here, and this this individual was telling me about where he worked before starting at Relevant Radio. He said that his direct supervisor would really try and throw him under the bus repeatedly. It it, It was a continuous thing, and the other employees working under that same manager, they saw that same behavior as well. Um, but for whatever reason, that manager singled out this one person. And he was telling me about how he would pray for his manager, but that was, it really was truly difficult. And mixed into those prayers, he'd pray that there might be the possibility either for the manager to move on to a different role in the company or maybe to a different organization altogether. He'd also pray that if it, was, if it wasn't God's will for the manager to move, that God would open a door where he could leave, he could find some different employment, and not have to be under that manager. In talking with this individual, it struck me that, you know, even if we try and love that person, if we try and pray for them, at the same time, you know, 
I, I, I guess I don't see a conflict. Is there any problem in asking God to just help us out of that situation so we don't have to persist in that uh, that that relationship? You know, it's much easier to just have a happy life if we don't have somebody who seems to have it out for us. Right, and, you know, again, I, I think that's it's such a complex thing, but it's basically saying, you know, whatever it is that this person has it, you know, in for me or, uh, you know, is, is treating me um, differently than the others unjustly, whatever it is, uh, make it possible for that person not to do that. And if that means that person is transferred or put in a different uh, situation or it means that I'm transferred or I leave, um, you know, help that go forward. Um, and, and that can be part of a, a good boundary as well as just getting out of that situation. You know, the other thing that might be good to talk about for just a couple moments here, Father, is the example that we do have in so many different saints. Um, I uh, was thinking about Edith Stein, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross. Um, you know, she was someone who was martyred, but can be an example of praying for peace in the midst of persecution, another one, uh, very same time that was martyred, St. Maximilian Kolbe. Uh, another one that I, I have a devotion to is Blessed Miguel Pro. Um, you know, when he was being executed, he's praying for the people who are executing him. Um, we have so many different saints who end up giving us this example of being able to pray for those, even though they know that they're going to suffer, they're going to uh, be led to their death eventually. Um, any that come to your mind that, you know, would be good for us maybe to turn to if we're in this situation, ask for their their intercession to help us in those little, you know, uh, moments of persecution we deal with in our own lives? Well, I, I think you're right. You named quite a few good ones there, uh, Josh. And in all those cases, you know, they are people who were unjustly treated and uh, who went to their death uh, basically praying uh, that God would forgive those who uh, were killing them or persecuting them. And and again, it, it comes down to uh, our own trying to be uh, like Jesus and trying to be children of our Heavenly Father, who, you know, has, uh, as Jesus said, lets his sun and rain shine and pour on the just and the unjust. Um, and this doesn't seem right to us. We think that God should be intervening and uh, preventing evil and and uh, um, punishing those who are doing evil, and we don't see it. And um, and so what we have to look at is how Jesus came and died on the cross, even for those people who uh, are perpetrating these wrongs and these evils, because Jesus doesn't want them to end up alienated from him forever in hell. And so Jesus t- came, died, took away the sins of the world because he wants everyone there. And while we may have a, a hard time um, in imagining that, and it might seem more like hell than heaven to imagine being there at the banquet table with our enemies, um, that's where um, we need the grace of the Holy Spirit to help us see one another as beloved children of the Father. The the other thing that I think is, is often helpful too, Josh, is I, I love the expression, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. That a lot of the hurt 
that others are doing to us and to um, one another. A lot of the hurt is recycled hurt, that perhaps they grew up in an abusive situation or they were hurt in some way, and what they're doing is imitating that and basically unconsciously recycling the hurt. And if we can uh, keep that in mind, when we pray for those who persecute us or hurt us, uh, to pray also, Lord, whatever needs healing there, whatever hurt is leading this person to hurt me, uh, please take that and uh, and bring healing to that person. Uh, Father, we've got Ray who's calling in from Reno, Nevada. Ray, uh, we've only got a couple minutes, but wanted to get you on before the end of the hour. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you. Uh, just a quick comment that might help other people asking themselves a question about someone that has hurt them. I had an in-law that was causing problems, very difficult problems in my marriage, and I just really thought I was struggling with forgiveness. So I went to my friend, Sister Margaret, and I said, gosh, I just just can't get through this, and I, I think, you know, having a problem here. And she asked me a simple question. She said, well, if this person got ill, would you go to her and do everything you could for her? And I said, absolutely. She says, you're having no problem with forgiveness. 30 days later, I was tested, and this person had very difficult health problems, and I was the one she chose. So just, you know, maybe sometimes I think we're a little difficult with ourselves, thinking that we're not forgiving, and uh, we really have. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because, and I, I think right, one of the things is that we, we tend to think of forgiveness as a as a feeling, and that you know we we have to have this totally positive and good feeling toward another. But you know, you bring up a, a good a, a point that it's more about action. You know, helping that person who might be sick, even though you know there's this uh, bad history with that person. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the call, Ray. Uh, you know, one other thing in our last minute here that kind of strikes me, too, is we can get into kind of habitual behavior. You know, if we have been in the habit, it kind of goes back to what you were saying of hurt people hurt people. There's kind of this cycle. If we've been in the habit of hurting someone or getting even with somebody who's hurt us, how do we break that habit? How do we repra- replace it with the habit of praying, of blessing that person who hurts us? Well, it, you know, Josh, it's like any habit. You you've got to start somewhere, and then just build on it. And so, as I say, whenever that negative thought or feeling comes up, uh, as soon as we can catch ourselves and turn that into a prayer, um, that acts against um, the negativity. And and so, it's um, replacing one habit uh, with another, and uh, just keeping. Uh, work at working at it keeping you know at it until that habit takes more and more takes hold (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. right uh father kubicki we've got about 20 seconds here could i ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners certainly heavenly father we thank you for all your gifts for the people who've called in we ask you to bless margaret and her situation and kathy and ray and all the people that we've been praying for during this time we ask you to send your blessing upon us that we may be good children of our Heavenly Father. And may the blessing of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you all and remain with you forever and ever. Amen.
Amen. Thanks again, Father Kabicki. Thanks to Nick Santovich and Cyrus Simcoe for their help in producing the program. And thank you for joining us here on The Inner Life. Stay tuned. Mass right now here on Relevant Radio.